Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And yes, it is Judd's Hockey Show. Judd and Declan, as always, uh, and the Wild last night, nationally televised game. Extremely impressive performance. Declan got five to one over the Tampa Bay Lightning at the X in a very late start in a game that had plenty to talk about. In a game in which I believe you'll write that down from just yesterday was immediately rewarded. I was. Kaprizov. Yes, yes, um, I was. Thank you. So it wasn't a goal, but I just want to start with this. Sure. How sick was the Kirill between the legs oh. shot that hit the post? I well. mean, I know he didn't score, but my God, when you're that good, it's just, it's almost obnoxious, but it's, but it's so fun to watch. Yeah. I, you know, the, the selfishly, as you just alluded to, I was able to hit my right that down point, And that would have been the sexiest way to hit that right that down point. That would have been the fifth goal and like third goal. And what was it like a three minute span? If Kirill was able to bury that, I mean that that a goal of the year written all over it. Uh, if if he connects on that, and and his natural skill set um, is obviously second to none. He's it's not a coincidence that he's one of the best players in the NHL. I heard at one point on the broadcast the TNT crew asked, you know, hey Braden Point, top ten player in the NHL, and yeah, Braden Point yeah. might be a borderline top ten player. There is no borderline in Kirill Kaprizov. He is legitimately one of the top five, top ten players in the entire NHL. Uh, no debate. Uh, we saw it in full force yesterday. Uh, Judd and look Brian Elliott capable backup not Vezilevsky by any means I mean if, if they would have Vez probably a different game yesterday but still yeah. Tampa Bay obviously one of the best teams in hockey that team can play playoff hockey uh, and the wild basically dominated them uh, for all three periods last night yeah that's what impressed me the most I I really feel like you know outside of the uh, stars game last week it feels like this team is coming closer a lot of nights to putting together complete games. Now, the Blues game, they got off to a slow start, uh, but they rebounded fairly quickly and won on the road in a building, in a barn, as we call it in hockey, in which they don't win a lot. Uh, last night, again, quality opponent. Now, I know that the Lightning had played the previous night in Chicago and won. They flew here right after the game and got delayed, and I don't think that they get, got until about two. And no. the Wild, in this case, was pretty well rested. All of that being said, though, I really feel like the Wild is stringing together more and more impressive, complete performances. Uh, where this takes them, I have no clue. But this is, for the most part, outside of that first line, I now love how the team is playing because it does appear that everyone is bought into their role. Um, and no one outside of 
97 and 36 and at times 13 just because he's on the line. Nobody outside of those guys uh, seems to think that they are that skilled now, which which I, I love. I still, the only thing, and it doesn't, I guess it doesn't bug me right now because they're playing well, but the only thing that I question is I do think that there's way more to Boldy's game that he can't unleash when, when he's not with the top players. Uh, but outside of that, I really feel like for the most part, everyone is doing what they're supposed to do and not trying to be Kirill, not trying to be Zuccarello um, and playing what I think Dino would call a heavy game. Uh, you know, I don't know if they'll have the full skill set um, to go toe to toe with a team. I know the Tampa Bay Lightning are not in the West, but in, in a playoff series with just natural skill up and down that Tampa Bay possesses and that other really good teams possess. But right now they're playing a sustainable game. They're playing a sustainable game. I think that's kind of the best word you can use for it. Um, It's buying them points. It's having players that uh, know their roles and not trying to be too cute uh, to your earlier points and to our points too. They just looked a little bit lost in the first 20 games of the season. And they weren't a bad team during those 20 games. They were just playing out of sorts. And um, they were just trying to find everything. And and now it's clicked. And look, since last, let's, let's call it the last six weeks, they have been one of the best teams in the NHL just in terms of point percentage and, and, and wins. So they have found their game, and I think that that's been good. And, and to get a win, whether I know Tampa Bay had to start Elliott and also on a back-to-back because they played Chicago the night before. Obviously, they they you know came in a little, little hobbled from that. But still, to get a big win against one of the NHL's best in your barn in a dominating fashion is a good sign. Yeah, and in no way, shape, or form am I trying to discredit that win. That was impressive. Um, and and they it feels like they're stringing together way more consistently impressive wins. They're they're they don't feel like fluky wins, you know. It's not like oh we just escaped that that one. For the most part, the win in St. Louis to me was impressive. The other thing I really liked about that win and then subsequently last night too is this one, the Dallas game. They didn't play very well and they got beat. And Dallas again, you know, to to good your team. point about Tampa, really good team mm-hmm. that's playing really well. Um, but I love the rebound because you're going to lose games. Like you're not going to go, you're not going to be perfect. Um, and I think the more important thing is how quickly can you stop the bleeding? And like in, in that case, they didn't play well. It was one game. They went on the road the next game and won immediately and then followed it up with a win last night. And so this is where, to use your words, this is where it feel it felt like they were out, out of sorts. And now it very much, feels like they know exactly what they have to do and that they don't they're they're not getting stuck on well we didn't play well here we go they came back they played well they've won two consecutive games and you know they've gone from a team that I, I think we talked about the first two months or so you know borderline are they a playoff team and right now with the way that they are playing and it's a sustainable game I mean right. it's not a fluky game with the way that they are playing they are very much a playoff team. Yeah, they're definitely a playoff team. Um, the sustainable word that I used uh, at the beginning of the episode, I think that that definitely holds true. And we can go back to the well that we've kind of been going through since the turnaround, which is the Ryan Reeves trade of it just it kind of gave everyone clarity and, and, and kind of put everyone in their place and in their role. Uh, not in a damning way. It's just all, it's kind of weird how sometimes you can plug in a guy like that, like Ryan Reeves, who has some baggage to his game, I guess, um, uh, and sometimes a, a bad lure. But ever since they've acquired him, a lot of players have just kind of fit into place and know their space. And now Sam Steele on the top line's playing well. The bottom six role, whether it's Connor Dewar or whoever is with Brian Reeves, at, at also as 
has played very well. The defensive pairs are finally given up, um, given enough leash here. Kalen Addison, I think, has dug himself out of whatever doghouse he was in uh, about a month ago, too. So it just seems everyone from their fours and defense, and I'm sure we're going to get into goaltending here later in the episode, but everyone from the forward and in defense have really just kind of figured out who they are, and it's now translating to a lot more wins and a lot more sustainable hockey. Most important thing, most important stat right here. In the first 17 games, so so uh, close to a 20-game sample size, they surrendered 3.12 goals per game, which is actually more goals per game than they gave up last year when they were 16th. And keep in mind, that was a team that scored a lot. Like, how many times did they fall behind? And they'd rally back, and and they would win a close game. But, you know, they would get six goals. So, in the first 17 games, 3.12 goals per game. They were scoring at that point in the same time period, 2.8 goals per game. Going into last night, since they started the hot stretch that we're talking about, they were at, they are averaging 3.14 goals per game and have reduced the goals per game given up to 2.81. And so that's the thing that's sustainable and that's the thing that is I think the most important and that goes back to those first 17 games it felt like they were playing a game where oh we can all score. It's like no you can't. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like there you got two guys who are phenomenal, well one guy who is out of this world phenomenal in Zuccarello. But beyond that, you got to play a defensive, responsible game and try and score some goals because the goals will come then. And to flip those two statistics is easily the most important thing. The Reeves thing that you brought up is intriguing because there is no doubt in my mind that, and I don't know why, but before that trade, this team lacked a personality. They were for lack of a better term, meek. They felt meek. And it was sort of weird because I, I was surprised. But they didn't have a personality. And Reeves, who's, I think, a great guy off the ice, is a personality. He gives them a bigger-than-life locker room, you know. And the other thing is, and this is where this is where we actually, I think people that don't follow the sport closely don't get this. So Ryan Reeves, since he arrived, and he's playing every game Declan has had one fight and that one fight was a spontaneous fight against um I think it was Ben Sherratt of Detroit to defend a teammate who got clobbered by Reeves so that was not a planned fight at all and it, the fight lasted that long mm-hmm. it was basically done and I think pe- people are like well he you know I thought he was gonna fight he doesn't need to fight this is the damnedest thing I've seen because it used to happen a lot and it doesn't be because the game has changed. But Ryan Reeves' presence on the ice, how much room does it open up? And how much, how much do, because guys will not fight him. Right. Felino, they'll fight. We, we talked about this about two or th- three weeks back. Marcus Felino, God bless him. He'll fight for his teammates. And guys are like, okay, cool, let's fight. Watch the reaction to Ryan Reeves. And I mean, it's not that teams aren't aggressive, but they do mind their P's and Q's now. And that's the thing. How much room, how much more cocky can the Wild be? Because Ryan Reeves is like, okay, you want to clean this up? I'll do Go it. And teams it. are like, I got no interest in you. Yeah, they, they want none of the smoke, essentially, right? Um, which is which is huge because 
Ryan Reeves can drop the gloves and for sure clobber face. Hell, Marcus Salino took one uh, right to the chin at the beginning of the season this year. Um, but at the same time, you don't have to fight just because just because um, you have to you have that persona and because you have to drop the gloves and defend the code and all that. You know, sometimes that what I call BS to be honest. Um, but yes, he his his presence has been great. Back to the Boldy thing here, quick though, Judd, because yeah, I there's there's parts of his game that I love, um, and he has produced points. Um, when he was with Fiala, he was legitimately they had a great little tandem there of Batman and Robin, and maybe this is falls more in the reckless speculation vein. Reckless speculation. Because I wasn't, I didn't think this was gonna happen, and I didn't think they were gonna put a claim on it. But I'm very curious this whole Jacob Varna situation in Detroit. Um, so he was sent to, through waivers. He cleared waivers. He made it to the, he, he's going to report to the AHL, uh, team in Detroit. He just got out of, um, the players, uh, um, not substance abuse program, but the voluntary program where he was dealing with some mental health stuff on top of substance abuse. He had some soul, shoulder surgery to, uh, I believe missed some time last year, but a very dynamic winger and a very, very good forward. Um, he's under contract, I believe for five mil through next season. So a reasonable contract and a guy who can honestly be a playmaker here and is clearly looking for a change of scenery. Like Steve Eiserman knows what it takes to win for sure. So I'll, I'll take Eiserman's word that if he needs to be in the AHL, not around that NHL team, um, I'll take his word for it. But I also wonder if that's somebody that if they put a claim in could maybe get Matt Boldy's game going. It, it really wouldn't surprise me. I would actually kind of encourage it for the right price. I don't know what that price looks like. And the fact they didn't yeah. put the true on waiver claim in, you know, because if they claim on waivers and they inherit that guy's salary, they don't want right. to do that. But right. that's right. someone, you know, just a little bit of reckless speculation. Reckless. I'll, yeah. I'll keep a little, little, plant that little seed there and see what happens as time goes on. Well, you know, before Hartman came back to keep in mind that Bill Guerin was on the record as saying we are pursuing a top six winger, winger or forward. So now, since Hartman came back and, and then he has bumped into, I think what the Wild officially, although they don't like to, of course, say this, I think what they officially consider to be their second line. Um, I don't know if that's still a thing, but yes, there is no question. Boldy, I mean, Boldy and Fiala are were great compliments. They are not the same player, so I'm not trying to compare them as players, but Boldy has become Fiala before Boldy, if that makes sense. Like, there's a lot more to get there. and Because you can see it when he plays with Zuccarello or Kaprizov. You can see that. Like, there is a, the the um, the gorgeous tipped-in goal, which, again, was a, just a stupid play by Kaprizov. Unbelievable. From oh, yeah. the slot last yeah, night. I love a good tip-in that's goal. A, but, but, that bol- but, but that's not even a tip-in, dude. That's, yeah, that's boldy. That's, yes. that, that's, that comes as close to a guard in basketball, like, making a great move because Boldy faked the shot. It looks like a shot, but it's going towards the slot and Kaprizov tips it in and it's just fantastic. But anyway, that play is a unbelievably skilled play by Boldy. And that's the type of play I feel like playing with Hartman and Goudreau, you're not going to see a lot of. So it would be interesting if the wild is pursuing what they consider to be a top six guy, um, either a, wing or center it would be interesting to see what you could do if you paired that guy with boldy because i don't think boldy's not playing well 
So it, this is not a rip on his game. I know what you mean. It just feels like there's a ton more to be unlocked. Yes. Fiala did that, and now that he's gone, I don't really think unless he's on the power play, which which he is with Kaprizov, I don't think there's necessarily that player there to unlock it consistently. Um, and that would be fun to see that more frequently. Yeah, and look, Varna was a guy who won a cup with watched it at a really young age. I believe he was only 21. He was a rookie that season. Um, and he's bounced around um, from Washington out of Detroit after they traded for him at the deadline a few years ago. Um, but you, you got to get his, I think that's the last piece here. And without disrupting the chemistry and the sustainability and all the role playing we just talked about at the beginning of the episode. Um, and Garen knows if Varna is someone that could help the team on and off the ice. I'll take right. his word for it there. But I, th- I think right. that is someone, Judd. I would I would keep an eye on because it, it would make a lot of sense. And they're probably not gonna they're not gonna sell high on him at this point. I I don't think so. I'm not gonna say they're giving away for peanuts, but he's not gonna be someone that's gonna probably cost you as much as someone else right now on, on the trade market. Yeah, to to the point about the off the ice stuff and what is transpiring with him right now. That's the one thing that you're right about. Like you got to be careful there. He he might have been sent down and cleared to try and get his head right as yes. well. Yeah. Uh, as the train go- goes by, I think the Blackhawks just scored. So, oh, oh, don't you know, start with me. No, it's don't, the Blackhawks scored. Don't, Chelsea. Don't, don't, <laughs> wait, wait. Don't, don't. Chelsea Dagger. No, I don't copyright. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. All right. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my one concern <laughs> is like, what, what does this mean as far as why he was sent down? But your overall point is spot on. Like that would be the one thing in the playoffs. It would sure be nice to have a second line in which Boldy's skill could be unlocked in the playoffs. Um, here's the funny thing though. All of this being said to a large degree, I think the wild right now, now last year's team was more fun to watch. Yes. Like they, it, it had more spark and spunk with, with uh, Fiala and then eventually Boldy. But that being said, I think the wild right now, if they continue to play the way that they are right now is playing more of a, more of a playoff game more of a playoff team mm-hmm. like they are they are far more capable of mucking things up they can score some goals i don't mean to say they can't score but you know as far as the ability to muck things up as far as the ability to play uh to go back to the term a heavy game i feel that this is right now more of a playoff style that could actually dare i say it Contend in a series, win a series. <laughs> yeah. Can I even say that? So yeah, I I, I think it's I think it is too. I think it's a sustainable game, um, and it's been it's been fun to see them finally pile up some wins here. You know, the, the I, I was talking with uh with our hockey whisperer, the or the artist formerly known as the hockey whisperer, Phil Mackey, because because the games are still like so staggered out. There was a holiday break, and I don't think they play again for for a few days here. So oh, are you going to complain again? About I the just I just for God's sake, get on track. Just get you what are we what are we playing? Forty one games. We're still I've having four days off. Just for God's sakes, play some damn hockey. Why am I waiting three given, days before hockey? I've given up on this guy. Oh God. You, you okay now? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you for letting me back. Appreciate it. Okay. I got one one more thing before we go. But before we do, I want to talk about the official sports bar of Sports Dad. And that of course would be the Park Tavern in St. Louis Park. It is your headquarters to watch games, uh, to grab a beer, perhaps a surly. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go bowling, and you know what? Also, to have a group outing, and I don't mean some small one. I I don't mean five, five or ten, because Park Tavern that is that is something that they do every hour of every day. I mean 
30 people. I mean, 40 people. I mean, like if your wife has a birthday coming up and you want to be an absolute hero and what you think, oh my God, the planning, the planning, it's too much, oh, too God. much. It's not because Cheryl and my friends at Park Tavern, they do this all the time. They can help you plan a group event. And guess what? You are going to be a hero. Parktavern.net, parktavern.net, 952-929-6810 or book the reservation again at parktavern.net. Sports Dads Sports Bar. Uh, I have a question for mm-hmm. you. It's going to delve into something we I think we've talked about way back when. Uh, but in watching the Wild play more and more, and it, this is a weakness, and in watching the World Junior game last night in which Canada beat the U.S. after the U.S. got off to a two-rip lead, tough loss, bad loss. Um, here, here's my question. What is your personal and also statistical belief on the importance of face-off wins. Because, you know, I've heard before from some, who cares, face-offs, you know, yeah, they're sort of important, but it feels like this season, Dex, I have seen more and more where face-off wins are just absolutely huge. What is your belief in in how that all, statistically and also just as far as being a fan, uh, how does how do the pieces of the puzzle for face-off wins fit in your mind? So my, my biggest thing that I've learned about face-off wins um, and the thing that I would hold the hold merit to is situational face-off wins. Um, and what I mean by that is power play, penalty kill, uh, six on five, late in the game, you need a tied goal and you need to win a face-off in your offensive zone. Conversely, maybe in the defensive zone to potentially uh, clear the puck. Uh, I, I look more at faceoffs in those areas than than really any other areas. You know, like right now, here, here's here, here you go, cumulative stats. So the team that has won the most faceoffs this season, the Chicago Blackhawks, who are one of the worst okay. teams in the NHL. However, okay. however, however, yep, yep, yep. The second, third, fourth teams: Boston Bruins, the best team in the NHL; Dallas, one of the best teams in the NHL; Toronto, one of the better teams in the NHL. Um, there, there's definitely some merit that goes there, but at the same time, I, I look more sometimes at, at the situational wins. So can yeah. you win situational faceoffs? That's what, that's what I'm going to more look at. You know, sometimes you're going to lose a game or you're going to look at a box score and, and see that you've lost, you know, 70%, 65% of your faceoffs. And it, it's, it just kind of compounds of, oh my God, we couldn't even win a faceoff today. It's not the reason you lost a game. Um, but I, I more look at situationally, when were you losing those draws or when were you winning those draws? Okay. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense because yeah, you're, you're right. If you take the entire thing, you know, uh, the opening face off, who cares really? Right. Neutral zone draws. You're right. Uh, the Dallas game struck me a lot because Dallas, Dallas is really good at getting the puck high and in screens and getting tip ins, which they did, but those came off face-off wins so that meant yes i i would agree completely then because yes if you lose a draw in your own end it's a big deal i just feel like at some point it's been dismissed as oh who cares it's like well you got you it's possession on the puck (laughs) yes but yeah you're but but yes if the blackhawks are dominating um the opening draws and the neutral zone draws okay that's probably who who cares i just I've seen it feels like you just, you know, see all the time these draws on power plays or or in your own zone that are lost that result in problems. And so I just think to dismiss that and, and at, after the Dallas game, Everson's point was this. 
don't blame the centers completely because sometimes it's compete from the wingers or defensemen too, which is a good point. Um, but I was just curious where you fell because I think to dismiss them is sort of it's going too far. It is. It is. I mean, look, uh, Colorado has been horrible on draws this season as a team. Minnesota hasn't been great either. They're they're towards the bottom, no, towards the, of cumulative faceoff wins. Winnipeg hasn't been good either. So, yeah, I, I, I more look at situational things. Um, and like I said, I think sometimes when you lose a lot of draws and you see you lost the game, you use that as like, a, you know, kind of a cherry on top of, oh, and we couldn't win a faceoff yesterday. It's like, well, you didn't stop the puck. You couldn't drive offense. And, yeah, winning draws is important, but. But yeah, I, I don't look at at as a cumulative stat as it, it's the end all be all of why you won or lost a game. All right, man, we're done. Take us home. Hit the subscribe button. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment right here on the Score North YouTube channel. This is Judd's Hockey Show, and please remember to pass shoot score. You know, there's no room for petty bull. <laughs>